0: From Silicon Valley, California, this is Fresh Dialogues. Today on Fresh Dialogues, we talk to Charlie Rose, the acclaimed host of The Charlie Rose Show on PBS. His show has been described as the last refuge of intelligent conversation on television. I interviewed him after his Celebrity Forum lecture at the Flint Centre in Silicon Valley on February 26, 2009. So I'm here today with Charlie Rose. Charlie, thank you for joining me today on Fresh Dialogues. So you spoke highly last night about Silicon Valley, and you've interviewed a lot of Silicon Valley luminaries. Can you talk about what it is, in your opinion, that makes Silicon Valley so special, and what these luminaries like Sergey Brin, Larry Page, have in common?
1: Well, certainly they have in common curiosity. Certainly they have common, those two have in common great intelligence. Uh, and they all have in common, I think, a sense of wanting to explore the unknown. Uh, you know, the economy today, as I have said often, is, you know, a place of uncharted waters, but also the world they live in. You know, if I interviewed today the president of Stanford University, John Hennessy, the co-founder of Twitter, Evan Williams, you know. Uh, Reed Hoffman from LinkedIn, and and some, a friend of mine who's an entrepreneur from Los Angeles. I mean, there is a passion about the future, you know, and they bring to a consideration of the future enormous tools which they have learned, which include the computer and other things.
0: And does it give you optimism being in Silicon Valley it that does. we yeah, yeah, have absolutely. a future that we're going to come out of this?
1: It does. I mean, I think that technology is, is part of the solution. And so does Barack Obama, by the way. I mean, not because he told me that, but because you read what he said. He said it in the speech to Congress. He said it on, on inaugural day. And I suspect he believes it and will continue to say it. Science and technology are part of the key to unlocking the future.
0: And you interviewed Nobel laureates, business leaders, world leaders. Have you ever been tempted to influence government policy, business strategy, or even enter the VC world like Al Gore has done? Because you must have so much wisdom in so many areas.
1: Well, I'll take your question only to the last point about so much wisdom in so many areas. (laughs) Um, I have never been – I invest my own money in a whole range of different kinds of things. And when I say that, I don't want it to sound large because it's not. My role is as a journalist. You know, I'm not in the role of being an advocate for anything. My goal is to provide the kind of analysis that helps people make a decision to approach an issue. And if I can do that, then I'm in good shape.
0: But you've never been tempted to voice an opinion if someone like it's Tom Friedman that, or Obama no, no, were no. to well, say... No, but Tom
1: Friedman is very different. Tom Friedman writes a column... Sure. He's not a reporter for the New York Times, although he may report within his column, but he writes Tom Friedman's opinions.
0: But what do you say when Tom asks for your opinion? I'm sure he, well, he asked, doesn't. Oh, well, I
1: mean... I, if, even if
0: it's off camera. Well,
1: it, it is always off camera, but Tom and I have conversations about how we see the world, and we share that idea. Uh, my interest in that conversation is because I'm a man of questions, and curiosity. And what I am always doing is testing how I see the world against new ideas, new people, in the interest of somehow coming to, you know, greater understanding. Tom Friedman has been on our program more than anyone else. His range is extraordinary, certainly from the Middle East to foreign policy in general, and then, and then technology and the whole question of alternative energy sources, our dependence on fossil fuel, His new book, Hot, Flat, and Crowded, is you know, in a sense, I think, a, a call for a new energy policy. I mean, the country, uh, and this is not just the previous administration, it may go back for several administrations, has not had a serious energy policy.
0: And what do you think of Tom's premise that America has lost its groove and will get its groove back by embracing the energy technology sector and green, green well, tech? Well,
1: he believes that what Tom believes... I, A, I um, essentially agree with his instinct and analysis about America having lost its groove. On the other hand, uh, I think it can do it in many ways of which taking the leadership in terms of alternative energy sources is only one way, but there is an argument to be made, you know, that the United States can, in a sense, reassert its leadership in the world by engaging the energy question.
0: You've said that the public has not persuaded the government, we're prepared to make sacrifices to be green. What sacrifices do you think Americans
1: no, need no, to I, make? No, I, I don't think that, that, it's not the question whether the public has not, the government has not persuaded the public that this is in the essential and long-term interest of the United States.
0: Do you think Obama can do that?
1: I think he has the core skills to do it. I think it takes a focus, and I think it takes a a passion. And I mean, he clearly has signaled, you know, as we speak, it's like the 36th day maybe of the Obama administration. He's clearly signaled that three things are at the forefront of his domestic concerns energy, health care, and education. So it's on his agenda. Therefore, can he take that kind of, of uh, priority and and move it into policy and achievement is is a question that only time will tell.
0: Talking about curiosity, you're known for your insatiable curiosity. Did that curiosity, going back to the early days, Charles Pete Rose Jr., as a right. young boy. Did that ever, that curiosity, did it ever get you in trouble as a child?
1: Constantly.
0: Can you tell us about no, that? Oh, <laughs> God, no.
1: I constantly wanted to know and experience everything. I was never intrigued by drugs, I always liked alcohol, for example. But I was never intrigued by drugs, and so I never had cocaine in my life. Or I never had you know, a whole range of none of the heroin. I mean, never had it. It wasn't because I deserve any medal for it. I don't because I've never tempted to do it. You know, I asked Sean Penn once, "How come you never did drugs?" And he said, "I liked alcohol." I mean, I I never did drugs either, and never was tempted to do it. And perhaps the reason is not so much I loved alcohol, but because simply that I was so in love with the idea of. Doing, experiencing, feeling, uh, traveling. And I always found out that the experience itself of doing those things was enough for me.
0: And where did that curiosity come from, Charlie?
1: It, it's two things. It, it may be a bit genetic, but I don't understand that. Because my parents had n- no relationship to what I do. It may have come from uh, the roles that I played Malcolm Gladwell has a new book called Outliers, which is a yes. b- whole notion that you're influenced by the circumstances that put you in a certain place. My circumstances put me in a country store, which my father owned, but my mother ran. And so, therefore, my role was to be able to engage people. Curiosity was a great tool to engage.
0: So you actually served in the store? Uh, it was
1: Served would not be the word we would use. Worked would be a better word. Okay. It wasn't service. I mean, I didn't volunteer. It was my father who said, this is what you're going to do. That I was t- an only child, so in his, you know, there was no escape.
0: Tell me, you also said you're curious about what makes people take what they dream about. Right. Mr. Rose, what is your dream?
1: My dream, most of all, is to, to engage life and to have um, the experience of discovery. I think you do that better with... You know, with a woman in your life, and I don't have that at this time. Um, but I also want to create, in a very specific way, a true global conversation.
0: And how do you intend to do that? Now, or do I, you feel that, you're doing that already? I
1: am doing that already, but I can do it in a much more sort of ordered way.
0: Are you, you planning know? to use the web?
1: Uh, well, the, the, I am using the web. That's a given right, right but, now. But,
0: you know, further into China, etc. Sure, cetera.
1: sure. And, well, not only that, but other, you know over the air and cable broadcast. It is my curiosity about those things that sort of drives me forward. You know, I mean, I'm, this has been a great day. I learned more about Twitter today because I had the CEO of Twitter on the show. I learned more about LinkedIn because I had the CEO and co-founder of LinkedIn on. You know, I had greater sense of where Stanford stands today because of my experience with John Hennessy, the president of Stanford. I mean, all of that feeds my curiosity and it takes me to another place.
0: And there are only so many hours in the day. How do you prepare for a day like today? You're, you have to be the expert in Twitter. The well, expert. I
1: don't, no, no, it's not that. I don't have to be the expert. That, I mean, that's, the, that you have to understand is not what I have to be. I'm not, I will never hold myself out to be the expert. My role is to, in a sense, uh, both. Ignite, inspire, um, create platform for engagement by experts. It's not to be an expert,
0: but you have to know enough about the you, subject. Well, to well, but knowing enough
1: questions. and being an expert is a very different right. thing, you know. Okay. And it would be foolhardy to think that because I can read, you know, over the next twenty-four hours, some, you know, I'm doing one of the key executives for Google. You know, it's silly for me to think that in the next twenty-four hours, uh, and here we are at ten thirty p.m. Uh, and I'm going to be leave my hotel at 10, that I'm going to be able to be some expert in anything. Now, I bring to the table already a broad um, familiarity with Google, and I bring to the table, you know, because of conversations in the last week with Mark Andreessen and Jeff Bezos, I'm grounded in where technology is and what they're doing, and all of that will go with me to to the Google campus. But I have no illusions about the fact that I'm supposed to be an expert.
0: And how will you prepare? Walk us through how you will prepare yeah, for Just read and, read and
1: read and read and read and read and read. And talk, you know, get on the phone with somebody and say, tell me, you know, what is it you think I should know? And then they may tell you seven things you know, but they may say something you hadn't thought about.
0: And where do you get your information? I know you said uh, last night you read all the newspapers, but do you go online and... Google the
1: person? Oh, sure. I will Google the person if I'm going to a dinner party tonight, and they're going to be there.
0: And what about Twitter? Are you on Twitter?
1: As of tomorrow. Great. I mean, I'm I'm very excited about it because, you know, I have a a nightly television program which, which all these technologies are my friend. Yes. Because what my interest in is to distribute what I do. I'm fortunate in that I have a reputation. Use that awful word, a brand name, you know, because I'm not so much a product, but I have all those things, and so therefore, my interest in maximizing distribution is made for in you know, the technology community.
0: And do you see yourself doing this until your last day on earth? Is it something? Uh, it's not. It's not an. It's not
1: designate? an no, I don't. But it's not an idea that I find abhorrent. You know, I mean, I have a great and glorious life.
0: You know? and mean, what just, makes it great and glorious to you, Charlie? What is it that feeds you?
1: What makes it great and glorious is the fact that a, I get up every morning with a new adventure. Yes. Uh, the adventure is fueled by interesting people. Uh, I get a chance to control my own destiny. I do something that is immediately uh, either appreciated or not. I get feedback. And then I meet people like you. You know, different people of different skills who you've never necessarily know that would uh, understood that would come on your scope.
0: And you enjoy that stimulation. Yes. Great. Well Charlie Rose, I really appreciate you taking the time for Fresh Dialogues. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Fresh Dialogues. This is Alison Van Diggelen with special thanks to Tom Krimkowski and Carol Picora for technical support and Kevin MacLeod who wrote and produced our music.